Hey there, in this episode, we're gonna go ahead and talk about sales pipeline and 12 ways to grow yours uh, with ease. Actually, not with ease, it's not easy. Nothing is easy in when it comes to growing your business, but um, they're very simple to understand, um, at least the concepts of them. There are very technical and tactical things that you have to consider when you uh, decide to go through each one of these uh, concepts or each of these um, strategies. But um, overall, before we get into that, I want to kind of paint a picture about what a sales pipeline is so that you can have a better understanding of what you're doing. So you're a marketer you are doing some really amazing stuff on your end with your clients, you should know that marketing is only successful if you have a solid marketing mix. And a marketing mix is a strategy combination of multiple different tactics that are going to help you reach whatever goal you have for that company. And most of the time, as we all know, the overall goal is to get more revenue into the company. Now, you may not be in charge of that. You may be in charge of building brand equity. You might be in charge of building demand gen. You might be in charge of uh, building uh, lead gen. You might be in charge of content marketing. Whatever it is, at the end of the day, you have to have the ability to correlate whatever your efforts are to your the bottom line of the business. But we know this. However, if you are too uh, deep into whatever it is that you do, you might not be looking at the bigger picture of the business, okay? You might be just being like, oh, I gotta write content. Oh, I gotta write this email marketing sequence. Oh, there's a launch happening. But why is the launch happening? The launch is happening because we need more sales, right? Because your sales is basically the lifeblood of the business. So from this perspective, you kinda wanna take a step back and put your little chief revenue officer hat on and really create a strategy for your own business. Um, And the strategy's goal is to Um, always have leads coming in, okay? Like that's the whole game here. Now, what happens with service providers most of the time is, is that you have two to three clients that you love or that you're doing some really cool things with. You feel good, you feel stable, you feel like they're wanting to continue to work with us or with you. And then all of a sudden, tomorrow, you make a mistake, you don't grow as fast, You they wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and then you get cut. And what happens is, is that while you were servicing these clients, you weren't doing lead generation and you, was, you were not growing your sales pipeline. And so that is the biggest mistake that you are probably doing in your business that is costing you thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year um, because you are just too stuck in exchanging time for money and you didn't spend some of that time really building that sales pipeline. Now, the bigger question, right? Because like you can, you've probably heard this before in one way or another or from a guru out there. 
But the biggest pain point or the biggest issue that we have is that first and foremost, we are limited when it comes to our resources. Not only do we not have the budget to be running ads and at the at the level that we should, not only do we have limited amount of time because we are servicing clients and so a lot of time in the week we are spending it on actually delivering the thing, but also we have limited amount of creativity for ourselves. So what are the three things that you need in marketing to be able to market? And what are the three things that you need to actually grow that pipeline? Creativity, time, and money, right? And so that's a big problem and I get it. So the best way to approach this is number one, write a whole list of all the different ways that you can grow your pipeline. Oh, but Emily, what is a pipeline? A pipeline is essentially a system uh, in which you're able to move a person that has already kind of um, expressed interest that you can actually measure based on like like measure their um, their value in your business and move them into actually being a customer. It's a little bit different than an actual funnel, but some people can say it's either or. Now, with a sales pipeline though, there is something that a marketing funnel doesn't typically do, which is the actual follow-up and actual cold outreach. Uh, it depends depends on the company. Some companies actually uh, put the cold email outreach and SDR, so sales uh, development representatives and all that type of stuff um, in the marketers, in the marketing's realm. Sometimes there's an entire sales team. Um, it doesn't really matter. That that shouldn't matter. What should matter is is that you have to have a sales pipeline. You should have a way to not just do outreach uh, and tell people about your business, which is marketing, and but also a way to follow up with people that you have conversations with. Uh, you know, a month ago, two months ago, a year ago, and continuously be in their faces. Right. That's part of marketing too. Um, but how do you actually do this? Right. How do you Put people in that pipeline. So first and foremost, you want to have a system to track all of this. Um, I have a rice tracker that I offer for free. Uh, so look it up on my website at emilyroman.com. Um, if it's not there, I close it up and I put it in the IRI club. So tough luck. That's the IRI club is my $29 a month membership where I share all of my recipes, my resources, my templates, my swipe files, everything that you could possibly need from a marketing director's perspective to grow your business, it's in there. Uh, so if it's not in, the, in for free, I'm sorry, it's it's gated. So, but with that being said, you can use a an Excel sheet uh, to track people that you have conversations with, um, and kind of you know date it by you know kind of like organize it by dates. Like I spoke with this person on such date, and then I'm gonna follow up with this person next date. Uh, a way to get reminders to actually do that. Uh, keep track of their email address, their phone number, their website, um, their weaknesses, their weak points. Why can you actually help them, or how can you actually help them? Get all that information, right? Like it's part of you being able to be a good salesperson. Now, I don't keep a Google Sheet, and nor do I use Notion for that. I use Notion for almost everything, everything in my business, except for my pipeline. For my pipeline, I use a CRM called Copper CRM um, for me, for my business, for my consultancy side of things. But um, for 
other businesses, I always recommend HubSpot first. I don't like Salesforce um, and uh, some other companies like things like Go High Level, for example, um, ClickFunnels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. ClickFunnels is not the same thing as Go High Level, but um, again, I, I do either Copper CRM or HubSpot. HubSpot is kind of like the king on that end. Um, but HubSpot is around $30 a month. And HubSpot, what it does is it allows me to track everything that I just told you, right? The email address, the phone number, their LinkedIn profile. It allows me to have communications within the actual CRM through all these various different platforms. So I don't have to like log into all these different types of platforms. Um, I have integrations with text messaging so I can text them if I wanted to. Um, I can do all sorts of things with it. And the reason why I need that is because the way that I grow my pipeline, uh, again, because I'm limited, I have limited budget, I have limited creativity, and I have very limited time, especially now with two kids. So I don't really do lead generation as you would typically do it. Number one, um, if I run Facebook ads, for example, I'd be running Facebook ads um, to an audience that probably is not on Facebook like that. I typically work with tech startups. Um, and so I want to make a I want to create a system where I am like top of mind and I'm directly knocking and actually in people's faces right off the bat. So for that, I use uh, LinkedIn, I use WellFound, I use all these other types of websites, which by the way, um, if you sign up for my newsletter, I send out monthly opportunities that I find as I'm going through my, my actual lead generation process to get whale clients and I send them to you for free. Um, but if you go to the, um, the markers compass ebook, which is completely free, just go on my Instagram, you can download it, uh, for free. You will get on page 19, uh, and 20, uh, 10 places that I use to actually look for clients. Um, so make sure you take a look at it, make sure you download it. So I'll go, I go into these things. I go into all of these websites, all of these places, and I start actually like going ham, right? If it's Indeed or LinkedIn, I put my, my resume in there. Um, but I go beyond that, right? I don't just put my resume in there. I also look for the decision maker because I know the decision maker for me is. Uh, so if you go on the past episode, we talk about, you know, who is it that you work directly under? I know that I typically work under a CMO or a marketing director or VP of marketing, right? So these are the three people that I typically work with. I like to have a buffer between me and the CEO because I like to basically build and, you know, kick major butt, right? Alone. Like, I leave me alone, let me do my work, and then we'll meet a month from now and you'll be like, holy smokes, how the hell did you make so much money, right? Like, that's how I like to work. And so I know this. So if I if I look at a position that I'm really interested in and I want to I submit my resume, I go in there, submit my resume. And then after that, I go and look for the decision maker. I add the decision maker inside Copper CRM and I start actually doing my follow up process at that point. Right. Same thing if I want to actually do it like uh, mass mass leads right so if like if i am in the process of launching a new thing which by the way i will be launching something super super brand new inside my consultancy on q2 and this is actually for c-suite women and i i have a whole thing that i wanted to do with that like i wanted to kind of walk you guys through that but for example i wanted to target c-suite women and these women um, I can find them by scraping all different types of platforms. So I can grab an entire like 3,000 of these women, right, in the C-suite, like CEOs that are females, 
and then send them an actual mass marketing campaign through copper or through something like Mailshake or uh, Woodpecker, whatever it is that you use for mass emails, right? So there's a lot of different softwares out there, especially now with AI that can actually do mass email. But the important part of actually building your sales pipeline is to make sure that if you scrape these 3000 people out of whatever platform it is, or if you're doing it manually, that you put the decision maker information inside copper CRM or whatever CRM you're using, right? Why? Because you're going to do this once and you're going to be like, ew, I hate it. It's so gross. I, I just, it's so much time consuming. I don't like it. I'm not a salesperson, blah, 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 blah. And you're going to stop. But then you're going to be hurting again. Okay. You're going to be broke. And then you're going to be like, okay, let me try this again. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to start all over, have that CRM being built with all the leads so that when you finally get around to stop being a baby about it, you actually have an entire sales pipeline built out. Okay. So why is it that I don't go through the other 11 things that I'm going to be mentioning here uh, first? Because the because we are so limited with creativity, time, and budget that outreach, cold outreach, is the best way to do the whole growth of your sales pipeline. You don't have to use paid advertising. You don't have to create social media content. You don't have to do crap. All you got to do is, all you got to have is three assets, your resume, your portfolio, and a website. And I actually give templates for all of that stuff. And it's worked. It works wonders. I love it. It just, it just works for me. It's great. Okay. So that is how I do my lead generation, but I'm going to give you 12 different ways that you can actually do this. Now, is it either or? Absolutely not. If you really want to get to the next level, if you want to be a seven figure entrepreneur or more, if you want to be balling, okay, you should be doing all of these things all at once, but it takes time. It takes energy. It takes patience. Okay. So do one at a time. And I'm telling you that doing it the way that I'm showing you on these podcasts is the way to go. It's the easiest way to do it. And if you stop being a baby about it and do it consistently, you're going to consistently have real clients on your, on your pocket and you're not going to feel like you're broke as, you know, whatever, um, you know, feeling all types of nervousness and anxiety and stress and all that stuff because you can't pay your bills. You can have somebody that pays you really well, that makes you feel good, that you're working, you know, amazing projects with. And then, you know, once you kind of get yourself together, you can then move on to the next lead generation process that will continue to expand your sales pipeline. So the first one is LinkedIn for networking and lead generation, obviously, right? So LinkedIn, you're going to use the sales navigator tool. You're going to want to use uh, groups. You want to start commenting on posts that are relevant to your industry, all that jazz, right? I'm not going to go into all of what you need to do because like that would be an entire tactic. And if you really want to dive into that particular tactic, um, I actually have those recipes inside the ROI club, Okay. So content marketing that showcases your expertise. I don't recommend that you create content at the beginning, especially if you're not making $10,000 a month. Don't do it. Don't spend your time on that. That makes no sense for you to spend time on that. Like I said, three things, website, portfolio, and resume. Once you got that 
you know, under your belt, you should be able to get whale clients no problem. Now, some whale clients are going to ask for case studies and testimonials. Put them inside your portfolio. No big deal. Um, now, as you start kind of moving along, you might want to publish a white paper. You might want to publish a case study. You might want to do a blog, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Only if it's not taken away from your true revenue generating activities, which in my case, in my personal case, it would be the out, you know, cold outreach, you know, scraping leads and then kind of just doing mass emails. Plus, uh, every once in a while, I do kind of like more of a hyper targeted approach where if I really like that company or I really like that position, I just basically go for it. And most of the time I get engagement now. Do I get a lot of no's, most no's and yes? For sure, I get more no's and yes. But I have grown thick skin and I really don't care if you tell, tell me no because I know that I'm worth a lot and it's your loss. And that's how I feel about it. Seriously, like that's exactly how I feel about it. Uh, you might want to host webinars and workshops. Again, this is I, I, I feel like hosting webinars and workshops should fall under content marketing. But uh, you could do that. You can do also a video sales letter. Um, but would I do a video sales letter, webinar, or workshop if your service or product, or in this case service, hasn't been validated? Probably not. I would just knock on doors, you know, figuratively, and just make sure and validate my product first. Make sure that people are willing to pay for what it is that I'm offering and pay at the level that I want them to pay. You might want to create referral programs. Um, referral programs with your peers, referral programs with past clients. Um, I, I, I like this, but I actually don't have a referral program for my consultancy firm. Uh, I typically just get testimonials and referrals just because, because I'm that good. So let your work do the talking. And then if you feel generous or if you feel like you need to have a referral program, by all means, go ahead and do that. Um, engage in speaking opportunities. Now, I like this. And this year I am kind of gunning for some speaking opportunities probably at the end of the year but you are going to uh, put yourself in a situation where understand that speaking engagements don't really give you immediate ROI unless you're selling on stage and if you haven't mastered selling one-on-one -on -one, what makes you think that you can sell one-to-many Right. So like understand that, understand that, like you have to practice those things and you have to understand also what your pitch is. And if you don't really validate your product in the first place, how can you even create a solid pitch? Right. So these I'm telling you things, gaps, right? Like these are the gaps that you should be thinking about. Utilize paid advertising, very similar to speaking opportunities you have to be able to validate your product and your service and validate the pricing to make sure that it's even worth you actually running running paid ads, okay? Don't do it if you haven't done that yet. Now, you could offer to host a organic, like organically market a workshop that then upsells to a thing. And if the workshop looks good and if the workshop actually ends up, you know, results into, in, in you know, a good show show up rate and people actually convert from there by all means you know test that baby like test that workshop as a lead magnet using paid advertising to then upsell to the to the actual service that you provide um, partnerships and collaborations have never worked for me uh, but uh, 
by all means, try it, right? You might actually partner with a copy, a copywriter and a brand designer. Is there, I think it's an absolutely amazing, amazing uh, partnership um, if you do it right. And, you know, because a copywriter typically uh, gets hired for a website refresh and a brand designer the same way. So like, you know, kind of like having that partnership is super, super good. Uh, email marketing campaigns. Well, you have to build and nurture your email list first. Um, if you do cold email outreach, try not to do email marketing campaigns like you would typically do because then you're going to get your domain shut down. Don't do it. Social media engagement. Obviously, social media is a big a big deal nowadays. Um, if you do it correctly, it, it might work, but it's going to be a long-term thing for you. And I don't know about you, but I got to pay my mortgage every month. So I don't really recommend social media right off the top. If you want to have some type of thought leadership content out there, for sure, do some social media engagement, social media um, marketing, uh, create some content, but don't spend too much time on that. SEO optimization, same thing as social media. Uh, I would even go as, as far as saying, you know, for SEO optimization and blogging and things like that. Um, I actually have something called a content vacuum. Because the thing is, I don't really like creating cookie cutter content. Like for that, you might as well kind of like just listen to the next person that is claims their are marketing director. Like I want to be able to throw rocks at things. I really want to go and dive deep into my subject matter. Um, and I want people to think about me like like I'm I'm different, like I'm a pioneer, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about it. Right. And so sometimes what happens is with social media and blog content or website content, um, we are basically being so cookie cutter. So if you want to kind of rise above that and become an actual thought leader, my content vacuum workshop inside my in the ROI club is like the best for that, the best for that. Customer success stories, I do like this one. So like if I were to, um, if I were to kind of like, uh, number or prioritize the ones like these 12 it would be number one would be kind of like the lead gen uh, cold outreach mass email or you know scraping then after that I would do customer success stories I would you know kind of create success stories and testimonials I would create case studies I would create like these really cool white papers that kind of tell the story of working with me like if if you were to hire me today, this is what it looks like. And typically clients come with these challenges and this is how I resolve them, right? Like that content really moves the needle when it comes to the conversion side of things and really like just building that thought leadership trust um, factor because uh, the no like and trust factor is nice, but like the trust side is like really what I want to build because when you get on the phone with me, I don't want you to question me. Okay, whether I'm good or not, like I want you to be like, yeah, she's good. I just want to make sure that I can vibe with her. Right. And so having that customer success stories in your back pocket, it's going to do so much for it for you. And then mastermind groups and mentorship programs, you can launch or join. I would probably join, but here's where a lot of people mess up. You typically want to join mastermind groups where there's a bunch of like the same of you, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go on a mastermind group for women in marketing, right? Or oh, I'm going to go on a mastermind group for blah, 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 blah. That's great if you are feeling like you need some like community and mindset stuff going on. But if you're trying to grow your pipeline, which is this is the whole episode for this, um, I would go and join communities where my ideal client is. 
So going back to the example of what I'm going to be doing next quarter, I'm going to be targeting C-level women, right? So CEOs, CMOs, CSOs, right? So like those kind of women. I'm going to go and set myself up and add myself into invest into a community. I already have a community that I want to join. It's cost is going to cost me $3,000 for the year, which is super, super affordable. But I know that there is hundreds, if not thousands of women that actually um, kind of check off the entire ideal profile for that particular campaign and offer that I want to launch next quarter. And so I'm going to be basically kind of mingling with the ideal client and do it in a subtle way. Like I'm not a networking pro by far because I'm a, I'm a super introvert here, but like do it subtly, like, you know, like, you know, just don't, don't be super salesy, actually provide value and, you know, share resources and have conversations and build partnerships. But I know that if I do this right, I'm going to actually have an entire pool of my ideal client there. So it's important that you go back to the episode, episode 11, and kind of like answer those three questions, be very truthful with yourself, um, and really get down and dirty with like who it is that you want to actually work with. Of course, go through the entire exercise of industry and all of the things and demographics and blah, blah, blah. But like then ask yourself those three questions, then come back to this episode, um, write down 12 different things that you can do to actually grow your sales pipeline, ensure that you have a CRM or a place where you can actually collect all of these leads and nurture them and follow up with them and actually build that sales process and then uh, just go get that money. Talk to you in the next episode.